Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yeah! Um, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. You know, it is a brand new year. It is 2024. May it be better and brighter than 2023 for all of you. We've had this podcast going for what? almost seven years. Uh, We have covered so many cases throughout the years, both solved and unsolved, which controversial. Some people like the unsolved cases. I tend to like them, although I then do spiral down into a rabbit hole of trying to solve them in my free time as if that's going to be possible. Hasn't happened yet. Still holding out hope. Anyway, As time has gone on over the years, some of the cases that we've covered a long time ago, they've obtained new evidence, maybe there's been a new trial, you know, new stuff has come up, new information, stuff changes, the whole landscape around that case changes, and it's time to update our previous coverage, give you some of the the updates on old faves. So today, we have a very special best of gals pick for you. In honor of Lucy becoming a mommy, mama, you go mama, we bring you Mommy Dearest case updates. So all those old cases that maybe you're seeing in the news, like, oh my God, did you see so-and-so? We're covering it today, folks. Don't worry. Okay. So what I love about this episode is that all of these case updates have been sent to us by the Wine Coven because you guys are so on your shit. Thank you so much. We so appreciate that. So if you have any updates on cases that we have covered over the years in the past, please submit them via our contact page on our website, whiningcrimepodcast.com, or you can email us at whiningcrimepodcast at gmail.com with the subject line case update. The subject line is important because there's a lot of shit to keep organized in that Gmail, let me tell you. So let us know. We want to hear from you. You are our eyes and ears. and yeah, maybe we'll have more case updates for you in the future. But we got a really phenomenal selection, very timely, I think, selection for you today. So, Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for Mommy Dearest case updates? For this week's episode, we're pairing something a little new, a little sweet, a little strange, maybe? We are pairing Mama's Pomegranate Moscato. I don't usually reach for a wine like this because I'm not so much, you know, a sweet drinks gal. But I just think it's like the dead of winter. We all need a little something sweet, a little something that's making us feel like we're on the beach, like we're we're feeling tropical. So we are drinking the Pomegranate Moscato. And this is a sparkling Moscato wine combined with Mediterranean pomegranate juice that creates a unique wine drink. This is a must-try explosion 
of taste. It's great for sparkling aperitifs or to accompany fruit and desserts. You can also find really fun little cocktail recipes. This is a sweet and aromatic sparkling Moscato. It's one of Arion's flagship wines, as well as the main ingredient of the Mama Drinks range. And they bring in pomegranate juice from the best suppliers in the Mediterranean, which gives this wine drink a surprisingly sweet taste. It's kind of like having a pomegranate mimosa pre-made for you. And hi, who doesn't want the work done for you? So cheers and enjoy today's best of episode. But before we get into our respective case updates, we're going to be giving you a little Lucy background primer from each of our episodes, beginning with episode 24, Trust Fund Murders. Okay, so as we have alluded to many times thus far, uh, trust funds are often associated with rich people, blue bloods, aristocrats. Which I have to remind myself is not pronounced aristocats every yeah, time I say it. It is, though. <laughs> okay, so not that long ago, maybe like six months ago, I was sick and bored. Oh, God. <laughs> and I just watched Aristocats on my own. Like over and <laughs> over again. Movie. For days. It's a good movie. Just no, in a just cycle. One time. I, I like the scales and arpeggios part. That's my favorite oh, part. Oh, cuties. Yep. Ugh. I identify a lot with the girl cat. The I'm white, more of a lady in the, the tramp lady. gal, but the <laughs> as in the, is good too. the tramp, or really the poodle at the pound. <laughs> that yeah, is me. Poodle. Yeah. <laughs> is she a poodle? Yeah, I oh, think okay. so. Yeah. I don't oh, know. yeah, you're definitely the poodle. The I'll look it up while I'm not paying attention to you giving your portion of the show. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Be sure to type really Google loudly on your Lady keyboard. Lady and the Tramp cast <laughs> of characters. Okay, Continue. so a trust fund is a type of legal entity which holds property, and the word property in this context includes cash, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, as well as literal real estate uh, businesses, artwork, etc. Like anything a rich person would have. Okay. <laughs> um, for the benefit of another person or group. So it doesn't have to be an individual. Okay. Um, so trust law, which it's, it, there are so many legal, legal details and loopholes and strategies and whatever. Like it's an entire area of law. Field. Yeah. Um, so it is a three-party fiduciary system, and I love Ooh. the word fiduciary, so I'm going to say it again, fiduciary relationship or a system. Mm. Um, so it includes, the, it includes the person, and there are three different names for this, the grantor, the trustor, or the settler. Grantor, trustor, okay. settler. It's all the same person. And that is the person who establishes the trust fund, donates the property, and decides the terms upon which it must be executed. She's a Shih Tzu! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she wasn't a poodle. And she's played by Peggy Lee, so I'll totally take it. Oh, oh. hell yeah. You get right. my favor. Ugh. All right, go on. You get me Shih Tzu. <laughs> I'm just going to save this photo for the blog. <laughs> okay, so. Continue. You have the grantor, 
Then you have the trustee, which is an individual institution or multiple trusted advisors responsible for ensuring that the trust fund maintains its duties as laid out in the trust documents and applicable laws. And they okay. usually get like a small service fee. Did I okay. skip someone? No. And the person receiving the money, I'm guessing? Yeah, I totally skipped that person. Okay, Oops. you have the grantor. Yeah. The, the most person important who's... person in this entire transaction. <laughs> <laughs> the beneficiary, who is the whiny little bitch who doesn't have to work a day in the rest of their goddamn lives. Yeah. But AKA hopefully the... chooses to do so anyway for the betterment of humanity. The It's the person yeah, or maybe. group for whom the fund was established. Okay, so there's three mm-hmm. people. There are three groups. And the laws differ from state to state, while some states allow... Oh, Jesus, I almost spilled again. What's wrong with me? (laughs) You have a champagne ghost today. I do. (laughs) While some states allow perpetual trust funds, so that could just be from generation to generation, just building, building, building. Oh, shit. Um, And until there's that one shitty family member that drains it and leaves nothing (laughs) for the next child. We'll get to that. Be like Vegas every time. Other states prohibit these kinds of trusts to avoid creating another gentry class in future generations with super rich beneficiaries who did not earn their wealth. So, thanks for looking out. Do we know about the laws in Minnesota? No, I didn't look them up for any specific I'll take state. that silence as a resounding no. <laughs> no, I did not look them up for Minnesota. Okay. When I'm done looking don't at worry, Lady in the Tramp don't have a trust photos, fund. I can look that up. I definitely don't have a trust fund. No. Nope. <laughs> um, another common provision in trust funds is, this is specifically for you guys to be aware of, um, is the so-called spendthrift clause. And this means that the beneficiary can't pledge their assets or, like, dip into them to pay off debts. What? What? Then what's the fucking point? (laughs) (laughs) Everything is debt. I got nothing but debt. Like, before they receive it. Oh, you can't okay. tell oh, okay. you can't tell a casino, hey, I'm gonna inherit six billion dollars in oh. five years. So let me rack this up. Cause, okay. okay, okay, okay. So that's okay. one okay. example, and also um, it also just protects beneficiaries against their own inability to properly handle money. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. before it is bestowed on them at whatever they, point. They don't time. have access to it, and they can't take liens on it. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yep, okay. exactly. So uh, one of the articles that I read, I had a really good way of describing this, and I just copied and pasted it because I liked how it sounded. Uh, the spendthrift clause is a way for concerned parents to make sure their irresponsible children don't end up homeless or broke, regardless of how terrible their life decisions are. Also known as the <laughs> <Yeah>. Amanda Clause. <laughs> the Santa one Clause. One man's trash. <laughs> the Amanda Jacobson story. <laughs> that book the title is too great i have pages pages hideously botched (laughs) my my pen name i still like one man's trash colon the amanda jacobson story it's too good it says it all it really does yep you're welcome um, world wait i had I had a serious question about this. Sure. That's a little bit 
narrow. Okay. So, can, <laughs> so you can't take loans out against your your future money that you're going to get in, in your trust. Right. At a certain age, when whenever you come of age. Yeah. Or when the other but, person dies or whatever. Right. But does it affect your credit? Like, is the fact that you are going to be the beneficiary of this trust, is that factored into your credit score? I mean... I don't think so. I don't think it is until you physically have the funds, and there are so... That calculation of your credit score has so many other factors that right. weigh it out that are not just how much money you have in the bank, even if you have that money in right. the bank. So I right. would assume... No, because still, even if, like, you come from wealth, if you personally have no credit history, like, yes, bet right. you're, you're less of a risk because you have the cash in hand, but your score mm-hmm. itself is still probably going to be a little bit weighted because you have no history of credit, mm-hmm. which is, like, a huge factor toward your credit score. Also right. keep in mind that the beneficiary is basically more or less at the mercy of the trustee. The mm-hmm. trustee is the one who sort of sets the decides. Terms. Yeah. Well, yeah. the grantor sets the terms and it's mm. up to the uh, to the trustee to to make the responsible decisions of how it's executed and oh, okay. you know. So, I don't I don't think it's it's so intangible that I don't think cr- your credit score would be affected by mm-hmm. it because it's right. like not a real thing yet. You can't record it as income. Yeah, you can't be recording yeah. it as any kind of income yet if you haven't received it. Because mm-hmm. it still could be taken away. Exactly. Okay. How much latitude do the trustees have to be like, nope, you're you out. Suck. <laughs> you can't have this. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of the time it's um. It's an entity. It's like a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think most of the time it's not a personal no. advisor, although sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't... And their responsibility is to make sure that the trust is executed the way that the grantor wrote it to be. Yeah. And the way these okay. trusts are written, they're very specific. They have an intention. They have... The subjects, like the, you know, the materials, and they're very specific. Mm -hmm. So it is all on paper how it's going to happen. However, Mm -hmm. um, and it all depends on the type of trust that it is. And when you think about it, too, the the way that these trusts are received is usually the benefactor, like the person creating it, is dead. So they're putting the responsibility Mm -hmm. of making sure the trust is executed properly in, like, a third-party system, like a bank or a lawyer, (laughs) and then they're making sure that it's going as intended to... According to plan. Correct, so that the beneficiary can't be like, oh, well, I was promised this, but it's like, no, motherfucker, that's not what's on paper, that's not what you're getting. Like, these are the terms. Yep. Right. So that actually gets us into this next section, which is reasons why some people opt to do trust funds, and this is also where things make me um, hate rich people. (laughs) Yeah, for reals. But if you're rich, Um, like, please support us. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. you. you're rich. If you're rich and supporting us, we do not hate you. I will yeah. say rich people who exploit the American law systems. There we go. They're That's fucked fair. up. They're fucked up. Mm-hmm. Hashtag and not all rich, okay? Where there are tax breaks, <laughs> there are rich people. If you're Bono, yeah. I don't hate you for being rich. I hate you for being annoying. 
<laughs> and wearing sunglasses all the fucking time. Okay, so some reasons why people opt for trust funds. Uh, they don't trust their family to obey their will. Yep. So they will rely on an independent, Ironic. On an independent third-party trustee to handle it. So exactly I'm going to leave like about. $30 in coins and make <laughs> a trustee a trust go through I, all of these legal hoops <laughs> to I'm get leave my the jar of change. I'm going to leave the gold flakes from this bottle of Blue Nun. What's the most obnoxious thing I can leave in the wake of my death to my family? A bag of poop. And just make your trustee light it on fire right before they leave it with them. To receive your fortune, you must follow these steps. It's a jar of coins. It should, it should just be a mystery box. We could have any bullshit in it. <laughs> it's like a tampon, a bunch of coins, like an old piece of gum. Some sack of Joayas. A treasure map to absolutely nothing. One of our cryptic notes from middle school. You These should have treasures a treasure are map. worth far more than money. You get all of our old notes from middle school. <laughs> a treasure map that leads them like all over the world. And they think that there's like a trillion dollars at the end, but really at the end there's just a note that says, isn't it the journey that counts? <laughs> Congratulations, you are now in horrific debt from all of your travels. <laughs> You're welcome. Love, Mom. <laughs> oh my God. Doing yeah. it. All right, we've got some good plans. Mm -hmm. I like this. Uh, okay, so uh, speaking of the tax advantages... Certain types of trusts allow for major tax breaks if you are also donating part of the trust property to charity. Ah. And these are called charitable annuity trusts or charitable remainder trusts. Okay. Um, also, trust funds can be used to maximize estate tax bypasses to ensure that the money gets to more future generations. Right. So there are logical reasons behind these, but people just play them in a way that... I yeah. just, ugh, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's fair. Well, what's that whole thing? There's some cliche thing about how, but I think it's so true, about how Americans who are, like, poor and, like, lower middle class mm -hmm. still vote in, let's be honest, Republicans who want to repeal the estate tax. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why would you do that? Because this will literally never affect you in your life mm -hmm. and yeah. it's just you're just losing tax dollars from rich people that could help pay for services yeah. that would actually help benefit you. you yeah and it's yeah I, and it's because americans think that they will someday be rich and they're protecting themselves against their future millions right yeah. By electing people who sense. will ensure that they will that will never happen. Exactly. Yeah. Every American thinks that someday they're gonna be a millionaire <clears throat> and in that event they don't wanna have to pay an estate tax. I mean, we think that, but we're not like every American. No. <laughs> we're different. We have a podcast. I also, <clears throat> I also think that people see tax breaks and that's what they want. Right. But it's not apparent that it's tax breaks for certain Services that people. directly and, impact yeah. and improve your community. And maybe you get a 0.04% tax break, mm -hmm. but people making over a hundred grand a year get a much more significant percentage. Yeah, like, and your lower middle class kid gets a shittier education because you're not funding what you need in your community. Thanks. Right, right. 
Thanks. Yep. Sorry. All right. Well, we've solved everything. Let's call the government. <laughs> I'm yeah. on the phone. Let them know. Government. I'll text Obama. <laughs> He's water skiing right now. He deserves a break. <laughs> Don't bother him. Don't Bless know. him. <laughs> Bless his beautiful heart. Leave Brittany alone. Uh, leave Bama alone. Come back. Save us. Jesus. Oh God. We're dying out here. We're literally dying. Okay, oh. I'm gonna move on. So another reason why people opt for trust funds, grandparents will often set them up for their grandchildren's college educations. That's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then trust funds are also a way to protect their assets. So, example, you own a business, but you also have a son who has an addiction problem. Mm -hmm. And you you want him to receive the financial benefits from the success of the business after you're gone, but you Mm -hmm. don't want to leave him in charge of the business because he'll fuck it up. Yep. so, uh, Can spe- someone create a trust fund for themselves if you're like, I have a gambling addiction, but I would really like to guarantee myself a basic income for, you know, per year? Um, I don't know. Kind of. I will sort of get into that. So back okay. to this example, a trust fund would give management oversight to a third-party trustee in this case of this business so that the son can't control how the business is run, but he will still inherit, you know, some financial benefits gotcha Mm -hmm. so that is another example of a trust fund um kenyan in in response to you there are certain trust funds in corporations so this Mm -hmm. isn't i don't know about the personal example that you just posited but uh Mm -hmm. in business trust funds can be set up so that the grantors who are also the investors are also the beneficiaries and I'm not sure mm-hmm. how... I started reading about how the fuck that works, but there was a lot of jargon, and I could not handle it. So okay. mm-hmm. there Got are it. just... Basically, there are all different types of trust funds, and you could sort of set them up or find one that works for you in the majority of circumstances. And then the last mm-hmm. one that I thought was real fishy, trust funds are a way to transfer large sums of money. Weird. Yeah. You can establish a trust fund that buys life a life insurance policy on the yeah. grantor, and then when they die, that insurance money goes back in the, goes into the trust fund, and then that money <clears throat> can be used to acquire investments that generate dividends, interest, etc. for the beneficiary. So it's okay. not a direct my money goes to you, but it's like kind of in a way, it's almost like laundering. Laundering your own money to avoid paying taxes in like a yeah. sort of legal yep. loophole. Yeah, yeah. there's just That's so much. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, given our laws and that none of this is illegal, if you have the money to look into something like this, you 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 have so many tax advantages to storing your money in a trust fund like this. Yep. That if. Mm-hmm. That it's not a bad idea, but right. it just it kind of sucks that it doesn't seem. It's to all have this untaxed money, basically. Logical that's just oversight. Sitting. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it all depends weird. on how you're going to use it. Like, I have no problem with people wanting to set up their children or their grandchildren's education fund. Oh, and, and then to like, a degree, upon... it's your responsibility too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of a lot of these trusts go way, way, way beyond that. Oh, for I mean, sure. Some of these are. Millions of of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This next one is from episode six. 
6, Munchausen Syndrome. This was such a cool episode. The psychology behind this was absolutely fascinating. I'm so excited to revisit it. Let's get a little background and psychology into Munchausen and Munchausen's by proxy. proxy. I think it's pronounced Munchausen. Oh my Munchausen. Munchausen. And the rest of the episode will be recorded in bad German accents. And go. Well, that's appropriate because the term for Munchausen syndrome comes from Baron Munchausen, who is a fictional character Mm -hmm. from a 1785 novel by Rudolf Erich Raspe called (laughs) Baron Munchausen's narrative of his marvelous travels and campaigns in Russia. Mm. What? So it's a novel. Always back to Russia. It's always back to Russia. Why? Why is that <laughs> the, just, the inspiration it's, for the it's name? A fiction, continue. Well, it's a fictional character. And he is mm-hmm. kind of a braggart. He exaggerates mm-hmm. all of these stories. So this that's oh, where that okay. comes from. Just a big piece of lion crap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, if that gives you some kind of indication of what Munchausen syndrome is, it is classified as a psychiatric factitious disorder. So, there's Mm -hmm. a few different kinds of these, but it basically boils down to people lying about their symptoms, um, knowingly lying about it. And that is in contrast Mm. to somatic symptom disorders, a.k.a. hypochondria, where they genuinely... Where they, they actually genuinely think they have, think they have some horrible condition <clears throat> and that like okay. excessive worry about it and basically. So the difference is that people with Munchausens are very much aware that they are yeah. lying. Mm-hmm. There's okay. no illusion to them anyway. Okay. Um, so people with Munchausen syndrome may produce symptoms by doing a whole array of things. So again, we're talking about Munchausen syndrome, not yet Munchausen by proxy, which is a little bit different. Yep. So just straight up Munchausen is when you uh, fake symptoms in yourself, or you can even poison yourself or purposefully make yourself Mm -hmm. ill by um, contaminating urine samples that you give, like before they give it to a doctor. That would take a lot of expertise. Um, Taking hallucinogens, Mm -hmm. Uh, this one was my favorite. Injecting themselves with fecal matter to produce an abscess. And yep. other what? fun yep. stuff. I almost tell I me almost, the science behind that. Because it it's it has bacteria. I mean, fecal matter has a lot of bacteria, and you can get an infection. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So you would essentially like syringe a bunch of like poop water into your arm hoping to get like an under the skin pussy yeah infection. or you can yeah. probably inject it into <gasps> like an open wound and that would for sure yeah. infect it yeah wash your wound in poop water, poop water. I, almost, I almost did a, <laughs> a chick a munchausen by proxy lady who injected fecal matter into mm-hmm. her like infant's uh intravenous mm. tube Ooh. holy shit yeah, yeah. so oh that would God, play into it. the okay, by proxy part yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people who uh have Munch- this munchausen syndrome uh work in the medical field so they know exactly oh, yeah. what's gonna make them or someone else sick mm-hmm. and in fact that is one of the risk factors 
Um, other risk oh. factors include people. Just a risk of going to a hospital. <laughs> Your nurse might have Munchausen's or Munchausen's by proxy. Oh my god! God, god damn it! Well, no, but it's a well, Munchausen well, by proxy. Yeah, it's a risk yeah. that you that you could develop it or it could surface in your psyche if you work mm. in a medical field. And a lot okay. of people who develop oh. this syndrome are like were like rejected from the medical field, or like they failed trying to become a doctor. So they still know all this shit about it, but they felt dejected by the whole industry. Got yep, it. and they wanted to care for someone or whatever. Yeah, yeah or just be like that. all up in that kind of stuff. Um, Woof. Some so psychological childhood trauma or growing up with parents who were emotionally unavailable is another risk factor mm-hmm. to developing this. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some disorders that are linked to Munchausen syndrome, such as antisocial personality disorder, which I thought was kind of weird. But Mm -hmm. um, a person who may take pleasure in manipulating doctors so that they give giving themselves a sense of power. Okay, Mm -hmm. especially because doctors have like that higher status that they failed to achieve. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, a borderline personality disorder where. a person can't really control their feelings about other people. Like it swings from positive to negative. And again, this would just be a means of hmm. kind of controlling. And then okay. a narcissistic personality disorder, which pretty much mm. speaks for itself. Yeah. I wonder, and maybe you'll be able to answer this question. Do patients with Munchausen's, do they typically try to simulate physical illness or do you think patients with Munchausen's have also tried to like create psychological yes have have feigned psychological well this this one part that I read that people can fake it by taking hallucinogenic drugs that Mm -hmm. to me would signify that they're trying to approve right um you know pretend like they have some feign psychological illness right So I think oh, it's mostly weird. physical conditions, and it's right. largely... It's probably easier to, like, manifest symptoms and create those kinds of things, like false symptoms for a physical illness than it is for a psychological right. illness. Mm. I remember from my one of my psychology classes in college that one way to test if a person is faking a psychological affliction is they give them, like, a survey, and one of the questions is, can you smell colors and so you would think that that might be a sign that you're kind of fucked up but actually there is no symptom in any kind of psychological whatever where you they claim to be able to smell colors oh Oh. so if they say they can then you're catching Uh them in a lie Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Mm. oh clever girl clever (laughs) munchausen so why people do this Uh, Playing the sick role allows them to adopt an identity that brings unconditional support and acceptance from others with it. Admission to Mm -hmm. hospitals also gives the person a clearly defined place in a social network, which makes sense when you think about the antisocial, you know, there's very low self-esteem. You don't know where you fit in. You don't feel like you have a Mm -hmm. purpose. Oh, I'm going to fake leukemia and spend the next six years in a hospital. That'll give me something to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah, very clearly defined roles and clearly defined schedule and, you know, mm-hmm. self-limiting and all of that. Mm-hmm. So the wow. primary aim 
behind this is to obtain sympathy and nurturing and attention from other people. Um, and this mm-hmm. should be distinct from what's called malingering, which is one of my new favorite words. Yes. Uh, so good. In which the patient wishes to obtain external gains such as disability payments or to something like to avoid being drafted in the military or something like that. So Okay, so they're not they're not only doing it for financial gain they're not doing it at all for financial gain they're two completely different well i mean in some cases in some cases though like in the case that i discuss she she does have munchausen's but she also reaped financial Mm. benefits from her story yeah i feel like so i think that they can both exist especially with like blogging Mm -hmm. yeah and and just becoming like an Mm -hmm. online celebrity I feel right. like, yeah. Because at first are... this person was just doing it and wasn't exposed to anything, but then an, an event happened, she became exposed in the media, and then, like, people took pity on her and started sending her shit, and she took serious advantage of that. Yeah. There is a term for that, by the way, called Munchausen's by Internet, which I found. What? <laughs> Amazing. It was coined in the year 2000 because people were just doing it a lot, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Of so course. at least medically speaking, like diagnosing Munchausen's, that has mm-hmm. to do with the emotional, you want sympathy and support versus a financial gain, which is just malingering. And that's not considered a medical yep. condition. You're just fucking lying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes total um, sense. The last couple of things I want to share with you are some signs of Munchausen syndrome. Um, so you mm-hmm. can identify it in the loved ones in your life because there are bound (laughs) to be a few. (laughs) Um, So you can end your relationships (laughs) based on these suspicions. Yep. Yep. And we're going to cast a wide net here, so get ready. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone will lose someone they love after this podcast. You have brown or blonde hair. (laughs) <laughs> oh shut up or, or pink, pink. <laughs> don't leave me pink. out <laughs> um their symptoms of their illnesses may seem exaggerated uh yeah um mm-hmm. they they <laughs> hospital jump so they just switch hospitals and doctors pretty frequently to avoid yep. detection um, there are mm-hmm. frequent hospital hospitalizations, and they're super eager to undergo, like, dangerous surgeries. Mm-hmm. So they just okay. want the sympathy that comes with the surgery itself. Uh, mm-hmm. They frequently request... Okay, so they're not afraid of it. Right. They frequently request medication. Um, they yep. have an extensive knowledge of several illnesses, so going back to the risk factor of being <laughs> a dejected doctor or something... Yeah. Just so they know all the symptoms and signs for everything. Um, yeah, they're super into WebMD. Super into WebMD. <laughs> um, and then Yikes. they have few or no visitors during hospitalizations, which is sort of weird oh, because sad. they want the attention, but not when they're right. actually in the hospital, probably to avoid the nurses coming in and being like, are you over it yet? Or the doctors mm-hmm. pulling a family member aside and saying there's fucking nothing wrong with this person. Mm, sure. So that, okay. That kind of makes sense. You want to avoid detection, so you don't want to have a lot of people who know you to be around who could potentially expose mm-hmm. you. 
And they might have lots okay. of... I read this in a few different places, but it didn't totally explain whether they were real or not. They might have several abdominal scars from emergency surgeries. However, oh, I could wow. see people faking that really easily. And then being mm-hmm. like, look at my surgery for all my shit. And, you know, like, they just cut themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Scary shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's pretty much most of the background. I mean, that's pretty general, but I think that that'll give us a good jumping off point for your guys' stories. Oh, well, we didn't even talk about Munchausen's by proxy, which is... Yeah, let's talk about that, because that's actually... Mine is... Mine is... Well... By proxy. Yeah. Mine is by proxy, for sure. So it's... I mean, it's the same thing, but you are you are faking an illness in another person. So it is a form of abuse, generally child abuse, sometimes mm-hmm. elder abuse. Um, but you're, you are, for example, poisoning your child's food so that mm-hmm. she stays in bed and then she eventually dies and then Bruce Willis comes to your funeral and then it turns out he was dead <laughs> the whole time. And, yeah. Yeah. and it's what's Lucy the same? Haley Joel Osment can see you vomiting under your yeah. TV. Tray. Freak Taylor Joel Osment out in his little red tent, ya bitch. <laughs> and then you hand him a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very I common. Love that movie. Common signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> very common signs of a ghost is trying to contact you through Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> assume it's Munchausen's by proxy. <laughs> Safe to assume. Um. So the parent. Uh, may falsify the child's medical history or tamper with laboratory tests to make the child appear sick. So that would just be without mm. actually injuring your child. But, mm-hmm. you sure. know, as we will probably learn, of the, sometimes the caregiver actually does injure the child or make the child sick. Mm-hmm. And then that, again, yeah. attracts sympathy for the parent. It's it's all the sympathy mm-hmm. and attention for yourself. It's not necessarily for your kid. Yep. Yeah. It's fucking cray. That's cray. Which is why which is why it can go all the way to being homicidal because yep. the parent still gets attention after the death of the child if not more attention or mm-hmm. heightened attention. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Fucked up. Cool. All right. Well, I want to hear right. some of your guys' stories cuz they sound pretty creepy. Girl, sit back, pour a fresh glass, and buckle the fuck up because we got some shit for you right now. I'll slam this one and then pour another one. And now let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Care Of. And in case you haven't heard us talk about Care Of before, they're the best. This is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders. I love the powders use the matcha powder like every day oh yeah conveniently to your door every month tell us more lucy you know what part of my new year's resolution was to establish better routines and care of makes it so easy it just magically appears on your doorstep you don't have to Mm -hmm. like reorder anything and they come in these cute little packets so it's super easy to remember i put them on top of my uh kitchen counter above my kitchen sink so i see it every morning Mm-hmm. Like Amanda said, these powders are so easy. I add it to my juice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So all you have to do to get started with Care Of is take a short, simple, visually attractive online quiz mm-hmm. about your lifestyle, your health goals, 
and Care Of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. It is just that easy. I also love, you know that I love like information and research. (laughs) They give you like uh, real information about what these things are, how they work, what the benefits are. I just love all the extra info. And Care Of's daily vitamin packs are made with plant-based compostable film, people. Yes. To help limit the impact on the environment without compromising on the quality and safety of their products. So you can do good and then you can do some more good. And then you can be good to your body and everyone's good. I love that. So for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code GALS50. That's gals five zero. One more time. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter that code GALS50 and treat your wellness. Try that. So for some reason lately, it seems like there's been a slate of subscription services increasing their rates. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really notice that Mm. very actively until Rocket Money let me know because I use Rocket Money and they keep tabs on that kind of stuff for you. Because otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed. And not only do they alert you of rate increases, but they also let you know if there are subscriptions that, like, you've paid for twice and didn't realize it or subscriptions that you 100% forgot about. Mm, Yep. Rocket Money is just, like, the better part of your brain for you. Tell us more. It, it just keeps track of all the things I like. My ADHD could never. never. It's a dream item for me. Rocket Money, like Lucy mentioned, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It also monitors your spending and helps lower your bills. Like, win, 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 win. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something that I don't want or no longer need or that's like redundant, I can cancel it with a tap, baby. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. Thank God. That's the worst part. It is the worst part. And they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. So if you have a bill that you're like, I wonder if I could get a better rate on that. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Y'all are leaving money on the table. Let Rocket Money pick it up for you, let me tell you. Yeah, everyone needs an advocate, you know? Mm-hmm. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash gals. That's rocketmoney.com slash gals. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash gals. And treat your subscriptions. Treat them. All right. Well, are we ready for my case update? Today, I would like us to revisit the case of Heather Mack, all the way back from episode 24, Trust Fund Murders. This was a long time ago, episode 24. What I can remember from this case is a couple of things. One, Heather Mack was an extremely privileged young woman, came from a very wealthy family. Um, I think her father had died, and so it was just her and her mom, and they did not get along um, to the point where the police were called dozens of times to the home because of like theft 
of on the part of Heather against her mom. She stole like a thousand dollars. Also, a lot of like physical altercations between mom and daughter. Um, at one point, uh, it's alleged that Heather punched her mom in her broken ankle. Ugh. There were threats. There was biting. She was a biter. Not not great. Okay, this is like some Dr. Phil, you know, send someone to boot camp type of interaction between mom and daughter. Okay. Still, though, there are moments where they're trying to get along. So the mom, Sheila, takes Heather on this luxurious vacation to Bali. They stay at the St. Regis Hotel, which like a gal can dream. That sounds really nice. They fly first class. Um, Heather steals her mom's credit card and books a business class ticket flight for her boyfriend to join them in Bali, unbeknownst to Sheila. And uh, shit goes really south from there. And let's just say that it involved a, a body being stuffed into a suitcase. Also, there was some wild information about Heather uh, post all this going down, obtaining a cell phone, I believe, in prison. Wild stuff. Wild, wild stuff. Okay, so you're going to want to hear the rest of this. So stay tuned at the end for the case update on Heather Mack and her boyfriend, Tommy Schaefer. Let's <laughs> launch into my case, yes, shall we? I'm super excited. So my case is about a total bitch. Yeah. Like just a brat. Okay. Okay. Love them so, already. The Amanda <laughs> Jacobson story. <laughs> total bitch, just a brat. The Amanda Jacobson story. Total One bitch, just bitch. a brat. <laughs> Sounds like one of our iTunes reviews. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why people shit on you in the iTunes review. People I love it. run very hot. They run very hot and cold with you, Amanda. Yep. You're either their spirit animal <laughs> or did get someone, you off the podcast. Did someone call you a bitch? No, overbearing. I believe was the term. Oh, overbearing. That Which was come up. You're not. Once or twice. You're not wrong. You're just not allowed to say that unless you're Kenyon, Lucy, or Dan, or my mother. That's okay. I love our one-star reviews. They're my favorite. Maybe overbearing's not such a bad thing. Shut up, Lucy. It's not your turn to talk. (laughs) I'm just really loud. Yeah. Okay, fuck them. Fuck them. Haters gonna hate. All right. I love us. So, <laughs> on to my case. Uh, so, this case, there was tons of information. I eventually had to just, like, cut myself off because there was only so much time mm-hmm. to cover everything. And, like, there's a lot out there. So, if this case interests you, interests you. Uh, um, interests you. Interests you. Champagne it makes you silly. 30 a.m. The gold flakes are going to your head or your butt. <laughs> I am still jet lagged. It is 2.30 a.m. Oh, <laughs> baby. Okay. So even though this case was famous, apparently, because there's so much information on it, I had actually never heard of it, um, but it must have been a major story at the time. And even though the people involved were all American... Um, 
there was a lot about it in UK tabloid. Okay, press, so, so is like that big. in um, yeah. So Daily Mail, love it for sure. Your favorite source. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love the Daily Mail slash hate the Daily Mail. I know. <laughs> Okay. We run real um, hot and cold on the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail is the Amanda of publications. <laughs> it's the most overbearing. The Daily Mail is my spirit animal. Uh-huh. Lava. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, Give other publications about- time to talk, okay? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. As she interrupts. <laughs> that was the joke. That was the joke. <laughs> Okay, okay. It's about the, mur- the murder of Tuna? Chicago social. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> you guys. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Get I swear, this. I'm done. Okay. You're not. It is about the murder of <laughs> Chicago socialite Sheila Von Weiss Mack. Von Trapp. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Sheila Von Trapp. Love it. Um. Uh, by, so her murder by her 19-year-old daughter, Heather Mack. Daughter? Okay. Yes. Where's Mandy so, Mack? <laughs> so Heather was actually the daughter's middle name, uh, but it's what everyone called her uh, because her given name was actually Lois. Mm. So she did not go by Lois. She went by Heather. <laughs> um, Good call. Sheila, the mom... Uh, had studied political science. She had worked for Ted and Jackie Kennedy in the past. Wow. Um, she was an academic. So she was a socialite, but she was also smart. She was an academic. She had her PhD from the University of Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was born in Minnesota. Oh, um, okay. I know. But she Local was a gal. bitch. No, this is the mom. <laughs> yeah. The oh, daughter's oh. a bitch. Gotcha. The, the daughter was born in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. The deep south. Probably. No. Yeah. <laughs> the deep south of Chicago, Illinois. That's where the daughter was born. <laughs> so they lived, uh, they, the family lived in Oak Park, Illinois, which is a really upscale neighborhood. And the husband was a successful musician slash conductor slash composer slash producer. Wow. Okay. And apparently he was, like, pretty famous. His name was James Mack. Okay, so the husband uh, is pretty rich and famous in the music circles that he ran in. So he did work on classical jazz, big band, symphony, and apparently soundtracks as well. Mm-hmm. Um so he had money, and also the wife, Sheila, came from money to begin with, okay. it sounds like. Money, money, um, money. What? Up? what? <laughs> so the dad, James, died in 2006 mm-hmm. of a pulmonary embolism, mm-hmm. a.k.a. heart attack. Heart attack. <laughs> Heart attack. Oh, he yeah. was too much rich. A pesky yeah. heart attack. <laughs> um, while the family was on vacation in Greece. Mm-hmm. And their only daughter, Heather, was 10 years old at the time. Okay? Traumatizing. So, so James, James had been married a couple other times. He had five other kids with his ex-wives. But Heather was his only daughter with... His third wife, Sheila. Hmm. Okay? Okay. So 
his money is going to be spread out amongst his six kids in total, and the one that we're focusing on is his youngest, Heather. Okay. Okay? So after his death, Sheila, his widow, was described as glamorous, intellectual, independently wealthy, all this stuff. Okay? Okay. Sheila, Sheila raised Heather on her own after her husband's death, but once uh, the teen years hit... Their relationship became extremely volatile. Okay. Well, yeah, she's a teenage girl. Yeah, we've all been there. It, we've, but. It oh, kind we've, been of, there. <laughs> we've been there. No, it kind of goes beyond that. Um, so the police were called to their house 86 times over 10 years. Ooh. What? Yeah. So for like those- loud music? I assume for, like, domestic disputes. Leaving their trash can on the sidewalk for too long. Yeah, Yeah, the raccoons are going to get in there. Think of the neighbors. (laughs) Oh, my God. The trash pandas. lighting a cheating husband's car ablaze in the driveway. (laughs) It is trash. It is trash. <laughs> Waiting to exhale, be managing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Autobiography to be released okay. in the next ten years. Oh my god, I love this. Trademark. Imagine. <laughs> um, so, some of those were nine one one calls where the caller hung up, but in those cases, the police apparently still send a squad car. Do they just assume um, that it's at their house? Or they well, can I trace think they the call. They can track it, yeah. Because okay. this was, you know, all this started to go down in the late 2000s, mm. like up until now. Like, it's a pretty recent murder case. Um, so, some of the calls were domestic fights, even up to charges of battery um, between Sheila and Heather. Some were. Sheila reporting theft by Heather or reporting Heather for, like, egregious truancy from school, all that stuff. One was um, Heather, like, briefly ran away. Um, And then a handful were Heather calling to report her mother. And I'm assuming for abuse, but it wasn't specific. Okay. Okay? There's not really any evidence to suggest that the mom was actually abusing the daughter, but the daughter was, like, super acting out and uh, causing serious trouble beyond normal teen angst. Hear that, Mom? Mm. It could Um, have been worse. I only threatened to call (laughs) CPS a handful of times and never actually did it. (laughs) So, you're welcome. You're welcome. Second kids find out about CPS. That threat, <laughs> oh. that empty threat, comes out all the time. Constantly. <laughs> I don't think I knew about that till Teen Mom came out. No, oh, you missed out. I was threatening that shit from like oh seven on for nothing. For like, seven. you won't buy Swiss cake rolls. I'm calling CPS. <laughs> you were a monster. I'm calling CPS because you won't buy me Swiss cake rolls. <laughs> I'm behind it. I totally get it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It'd be funny yeah. if your mom, like, made you live in the shed in the yard, but that was what you threatened to call CPS <laughs> <Right>. about. <laughs> People are now going to think that she made me live. She did not make me live in a shed. Of course not. At any point. She did make me cut the grass in the yard with kitchen shears. Mm-hmm. Toenail scissors. You deserved no. it. It was punishment. <laughs> Yeah. We're moving on. This isn't about me. All okay. right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Heather seemed to blame her mother for her father's death, even though, again, it was a heart attack. Uh. Um, she was running with the wrong crowd. Um, by 2014, Heather had dropped out of college and was dating... 21-year-old aspiring rapper. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Tommy Schaefer. <laughs> Tommy Schaefer? Yeah, just what you want your daughter to be dating is a, quote, aspiring <laughs> rapper. Aspiring rapper of, like, oh, Jewish fuck. descent. God damn it. No, he's not Jewish. He's, <laughs> he, they're actually both of color, I'm pretty sure, like... Heather, I think, was biracial. Okay. Sheila was white. I'm pretty sure the father, James, was black. Okay. Um, and so Heather is biracial, and Tommy, I think, maybe also is biracial or is black all or right, is some all right. other mix. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, yeah, still aspiring rapper. Uh, Name's Tommy. Career. <laughs> I'm sure. Tommies are all naughty. Every Tommy is naughty. <laughs> Don't say yeah, naughty true. and Tommy in the same sentence. <laughs> Why? Every it's got Tommy like a weird, is naughty. Like daddy vibe to it. Naughty. Daddy <laughs> thirsty. Naughty. Every daddy is Ew. naughty and thirsty. Gross. You guys, come on. I'm going to puke. <laughs> Every daddy. Stop it. All right. So Naughty daddy. I can I handle so a Russian right guy digging up dead bodies and turning them into fuck dolls, but if you say daddy's thirsty or naughty, I'm gonna throw He never up. fucked the dolls. Give him a little more credit than that. You don't he know that. He probably fucked the dolls. He was oh just God. their daddy. Damn it! <laughs> Kenya needs to take a break to okay, go shower. So one time, the couple stole Sheila's credit card and <sighs> paid for a party in like a fancy hotel room for a bunch of friends, and she found out, and it was not cool. So, this Tommy guy is not a good influence, and her daughter already had a bunch of issues before he came into the picture. Mm-hmm. So, on August seventh, twenty fourteen. Sheila and Heather traveled to the five-star St. Regis Resort in Bali, Indonesia for a luxurious vacation. And Zach's parents, when they came to visit us in China, they treated us to a couple nights in the St. Regis in Beijing. And it was the best couple nights of my life. (laughs) The mirrors had televisions in them. It was insanity. So on August 7th, 2014, Sheila and Heather traveled to the five-star St. Regis Resort in Bali, Indonesia for a luxurious Mm. vacation. Mm -hmm. Must be rough. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Must be What's fucking a vacation? Nice. <laughs> 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 no. It's a yeah. period of time you don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> less less so. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Bally Total Fitness went out in like 1997. <laughs> Definitely so not it's still around. Been a while. <laughs> Curves. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So Friends of Sheila, the mom, had warned her before the trip not to take Heather along. They called her spoiled, undeserving, a brat. Some even called her a vicious little monster. Ooh. That was yeah. probably me. Yeah. She's, she's a vicious <laughs> little monster. Don't take her to Bali. Take me. Take me. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> oh darn! <laughs> All right, so a few right. days. Uh, so she like ignored her friends. Is. Obviously, she's sad. you know still trying to make it work <laughs> with her vicious little monster of a daughter. Um, mm. So a few <laughs> That's days. Actually, her middle name. <laughs> Heather, yeah. Heather, vicious, vicious little, little monster, monster. Mac. Um, <laughs> So a few days after they left, or a few days after they arrived in Bali, Tommy Schaefer, Heather's boyfriend, flew in to join them. Ew. Um, Sheila. And how old are they now? They're not. I keep forgetting. Heather is 19 and Tommy Schaefer is 21. Right. Okay. So Sheila paid for everything. She knew Tommy was coming. She paid for his flights. She what? paid for a separate room for him at the same hotel. So I'm pretty sure that like Sheila had her own room, Heather had her own room, and Tommy had his own mm-hmm. room. But we all know what that means. Okay. Oh my god. Heather and Tommy were boinking in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the new wine and crime hit. Number one single. <laughs> The Boinkin' in Bali. Boinkin' in Bali by Wine and Crime. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Prosecutors would later claim that the trip turned sour when Sheila found out the lovebird's little secret. Heather was pregnant. Oh, no. my God. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come here. Mommy wants to talk to you. <laughs> and then kill you. <laughs> Again, just prepping for what in crime does drop dead gorgeous <laughs> verbatim Which is happening. Oh my god, she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so eyewitnesses claim to see Sheila and Heather engaged in a heated argument in the lobby of the hotel on the night of August 10th. Okay. The next morning, which is my birthday, August 11th, what up? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now it's your turn to be obnoxious about your birthday for two months. It's going to be my birthday in less than a month. Just wait until September, you guys. You don't know what it's like to be obnoxious about your birthday until you've experienced my birthday. (laughs) It's a problem. I lose friends. I don't speak to Amanda for that month. Yeah. There's a reason why I have... 
two friends, and it's you guys, <laughs> and then Dan, who has Stockholm Syndrome. Because I, I drop you just the, like, yearbook <laughs> comment Facebook message on your birthday. Hey, hope you have Hags. a nice day. Treat yourself. Hackus. Hackus. Lilas. <laughs> And then I go. One of these the days, Lucy, month. you have to do a dramatic reading of the note you wrote to yourself <laughs> in your own yearbook. I've always had year. a notion to posterity. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. It was amazing. It's I wet my so pants. It's so moody. It's so moody. <sighs> oh. Real life, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It's all over. <laughs> It's like a doomsday note. It's actually was part of Heaven's Gate, and I changed my mind. <laughs> it was actually was very accurate. A, I you was more of an it. Adidas girl. Oh my god, Puma. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, I did my Puma. Okay. Back to this brutal murder. So. <laughs> all right, all right. I forgot. On on my birthday, Heather and Tommy <laughs> hailed a cab and heaved a large suitcase into the trunk. Mm. They then told the driver to wait while they supposedly checked out of the hotel. So they called the cab, put the suitcase in the trunk of the cab, and then they were like, wait here, we're going to go check out. But then they sure. never returned. And eventually the driver was just like, what the fuck? And like, drove away. Um, mm-hmm. With the corpse, because I'm assuming it was a corpse. With the suitcase, which was <laughs> oh my God. their intention. Oh my God. They wanted oh the driver God. to dispose of the suitcase for them. Okay. <gasps> what oh really God. happened next is that the driver looked in the fucking trunk and duh. noticed blood smeared <gasps> all over the suitcase on the outside. <laughs> They suck at this. They <laughs> suck at this. All right, go. Wipe it <clears throat> off. Go get Shown a wet wipe. You get them free on the airplane. Yeah. Uh, they have them in the checkout line at Target. <laughs> Grab wet ones, wipe it off. I feel like the best way to dispose of your mother's body is not to With wet ones. leave it up to chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Who's 100% gonna look in the suitcase when right? you don't oh my come God. back? Because, I mean, at the very least, he'd be like, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's Contact something in here probably I could pull sell. it out of the trunk and leave it on the curb before he drove away. Like, any normal cab driver yeah. is gonna remove the luggage, leave it roadside, and take off after waiting for 15 <laughs> minutes for these assholes. Right, or be like, like they wasted they my fucking time, I'm gonna take it and see what's inside to try to sell it. You know? It's just bullshit. Yeah. I'm sure he would They're incinerate it. it. Destroy all evidence. Yeah, I'm sure like, he wouldn't take it to a random fucking field and bury it and ask no questions. Any cab driver worth his salt is going to dispose of that <laughs> mysterious bag. <laughs> if Without you you're not getting your $5 tip. If you want a five-star Uber rating, you better dispose of any corpses I leave you. <laughs> or okay. I'm switching to Lyft. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure she winked at the driver before they went back into the hotel. <laughs> you know just what to, to do with this. Just to cement any <laughs> Questions that might be lingering. He oh knew it. Go to the drive and look at the suitcase because it is literally smeared with blood. Like it's so obvious that it is just 
covered in blood. <laughs> it's a Wait. white suitcase. Yeah, silver. It's a silver <laughs> suitcase, and it is covered oh in blood. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's absurd. I'll well, had to fold her up. All right, Ugh. so... Um, is the driver so right? <laughs> the driver the, the suitcase is just next to the lady in the tramp photo. <laughs> it's just like five howling dogs looking sad, and then a suitcase covered in blood. <laughs> oh my god! That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That sums it's, up this podcast. It's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> It is funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tuna, let's get back on track. So, okay. the cab driver Ooh. immediately called police, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheila's dead body had been stuffed inside the suitcase and wrapped in hotel bedding, which is like, I mean, if you're going to be a corpse wrapped in some hotel bedding, it might as well be St. Regis hotel bedding, That's which is like true. yeah, totally I mean, fucking worth it. Because it's five thousand thread yeah, count. It's amazing. Okay. It's gorgeous. Um, so this is the, perfect for a death shroud. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when I die, wrap me in Saint Regis hotel bedding, and from then on, I don't care what happens to me. Cremate, right. burial, suitcase, and a taxi. Yeah, Ray, I you don't, don't care. care. You have a literal yeah, I mean, list of we requirements. We can't afford it, but after As you die, I've I'm seen amending it. the list. And St. <laughs> Regis Hotel bedding is this number is one. Also, I want to be, I want to have chapstick with me at all times, just in case it's like some sort of Egyptian reincarnation thing, and I like only get the things in the afterlife that are put in my tomb. Your St. Regis hotel sheets and chapstick. <laughs> and chapstick. And Burt's Bees. Yep. Literally. All right. The pomegranate. These are reasonable demands. Yeah. Pomegranate. pomegranate one. Okay, now you're asking too much. <laughs> you'll get whatever they fucking have and you'll like it. Oh Enjoy eternal you. life. I will haunt you if it's plain Burt's Bees. Okay. <laughs> I need the pink tint. Um, cool. Actually, totally worth splurging for the pink tint so that you yeah. don't fucking haunt me for the rest of my yeah. life. Yep. There you go. I don't need that. Okay, so the autopsy revealed that Sheila died of blunt force trauma to the face. Yeah. BFT. Yeah. Gross. And you guys, this is so gross. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Don't bones. Barf again. <laughs> guys, the bones Shh. in her face were so fractured that their no. collapsing actually caused no. her to suffocate. No. Oh, what did they oh hit her with? No. Oh yeah. my god, you guys. Hmm. So my friend <gasps> is an EMT. Oh my god. And he was telling me, or like his, maybe his friend was an EMT. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to much going on in my life. Anyway, <laughs> he was I don't telling care about me my that there was like an incident where they went to give uh, service, I don't know, help mm-hmm. to emergency services to someone who had blunt force trauma to the face. Oh my god. And they have like. A rule when the face is so, as Lucy affectionately called it, like pulp. Pulpy. Mm. I pulp. To figure out where to put the oxygen mask, you quote, 
look for the bubbles. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Right? Oh. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Jesse, I think it was you who told me that. So thanks, bud. I'm haunted for life. (laughs) Uh, Hashtag look for the bubbles. Shout out. <laughs> no. no. Look for the acerated down. <laughs> <laughs> Poor gal was a pulp. It's oh. not okay. Oh god. Okay. But wouldn't your mouth stay in the same general no. area? It was the same I mean, thing it's... that happened to Joan Porco. They couldn't. They yeah. couldn't find where her mouth was to do uh, mouth yep. to mouth. They didn't know where it was supposed to be. <sighs> Uh, Someone oh had to give her mouth Ooh, to mouth, <laughs> mouth to pulp. No, mouth they don't pulp. give mouth to mouth in those scenarios. Whatever. Mouth to pulp. <sighs> All right. Okay, let's continue. Look okay. for the bubbles. So, Sheila. Also, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sheila. Scrubbing bubbles. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this poor woman. She was beaten to death by her daughter. Right, it's not good. Yeah, the brat. So she also had defensive wounds, including bruises on her arms and hands and broken fingers. Oh, she fought back. So she, like, really fought, okay? Poor Do you thing. think she was screaming like you mm-hmm. didn't upgrade me from business class? <laughs> the daughter. No, this. Oh, <laughs> when she murdered her, possibly. Yeah. yeah. What could, could she have to be pissed about? Probably. Right. Well, we'll get into it. So. Well, God. she's pregnant. What? It's a trust fund murder case. Yeah. Exactly. Oh right, I forgot the topic. <laughs> Putting the pieces together, <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> I forgot what could her motive possibly be? <laughs> I'm stumped. Just oh my God. keep going. Oh Let God. me leave I me with this. my wine. Just keep talking. Yeah, her segment's done. She's checked out. I'm checked out. All right. Okay, so it didn't take long for the police to track down Heather and Tommy at a nearby budget hotel. And uh, so after they, like, left the cab driver hanging and he called the police, they disappeared, right? But then the police found them pretty quickly at this nearby budget hotel. Mm-hmm. And their explanation was quite a thrilling tale. Oh. So they claimed Ooh, okay. that they had been, uh, quote, taken captive by an armed gang, a small <laughs> foreign faction, okay. as it were. Um and that it was the gang that killed Sheila, but that uh, Heather mm. and Tommy had managed to escape, and they were terrified for their lives, and so they were hiding at this motel. Okay. The cab driver, they mm-hmm. talked to the cab driver. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, they're idiots. There's they're no way this is going to hold idiots. up. Yeah, they're <laughs> fucking more. They waited to go to a country with, like, literally the worst prisons on Earth to commit mm-hmm. a felony. <laughs> <laughs> and right. they, they didn't like, wipe off the suitcase. Right. But, you know, pretending to be poor and staying at a budget motel will be a mm-hmm. great disguise. Yeah. They'll yeah. never find them there. 
So also they had apparently tried to leave Bali, but then realized that their passports were still locked in the hotel's safe deposit box. (laughs) (laughs) Idiots. Foiled. All right, so they were immediately arrested and sent to the notoriously dangerous and over... Sent to a notoriously dangerous and overcrowded Indonesian prison. Um, At trial, Tommy testified that he was the one that hit Sheila in the face with the metal handle of a fruit bowl during the argument over Heather's pregnancy. And he also claimed... um, that this was an act of self-defense because Sheila had apparently tried to strangle him and that he almost blacked out. So he killed her by hitting her in the face with a fruit bowl repeatedly, but it was self-defense. Oh, sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. A middle-aged woman against, like, a 21-year-old dude who's, like, pretty jacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Heather testified that she was terrified during the kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just like that word. Kerfuffle. Fiduciary. That's how we get our jollies off, is just say kerfuffle a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And then laugh at ourselves. <laughs> Um, and that she panicked and ran to the bathroom during the fight. Um, she did admit at trial to helping to shove her dead mother into the suitcase. Good God. Yeah. It is a really small suitcase. I'm, like, baffled that they got her in there. Yeah. 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 It's practically a carry-on. Like, if you yeah. had, like, a nice, like, flight attendant at check-in, it they could just make maybe you pass check-in. for a carry-on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You'd, it's a yeah. gate check. tag it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Heather, uh, okay, so Heather denied this next bit at trial, but the prosecution ran with it anyway, and they said that she had sat on top of the, quote, bulging suitcase so that oh. Tommy could zip it shut. Oh, good God. Jesus. Just squeeze I her face I literally did that more. for Kenyon. Yep. When she was leaving, <laughs> leaving my house to go back to South Africa. Hashtag what are friends for. Yep. Yep. What was in the suitcase? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not my dad Pick your friend mother. with the biggest butt, and she's the one to sit on the suitcase <laughs> so that someone else can zip it. Hey, some stranger woman complimented your butt in Iowa, so you get yep. it. What? Still you were got there. It. Or maybe you, you were, were down the street. Yeah, you were drunk. Um, I was okay. drunk down the street. Yeah. <laughs> the Lucy Fitzgerald story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Drunk and wandering, the Lucy Fitzgerald uh-huh. story. Yeah. Um, oh, our memoirs are taking shape. Okay, so the, the prosecution also theorized that the murder was not a spur-of-the-moment accident, but actually premeditated, and uh, they said that Heather had actually suggested initially before going to Bali that they hire a hitman, and what? for some reason that plan didn't work out, and so this was their fallback. 
Okay. They left the <laughs> longest trail yeah. leading up to this crowd. Yeah. They deserve to be in an overcrowded Indonesian prison. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're really dumb. You are bad dumb. at this. You're real dumb. You are duct tape mm-hmm. bandit level bad at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, duct tape? so... As you probably know, the Indonesian justice system is quite harsh by our standards, and Heather and Tommy were both facing the death penalty, death by firing squad. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Okay. At least it's not hanging, am I right? Uh, Yeah. True. Or both. Yeah. Um... But once news broke that Heather was pregnant, the press had a field day, um, and so it kind of seemed to swing the trial in their favor because yeah. uh, the jury were you know, sympathetic to Ugh. a 19-year-old pregnant girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they both were spared the death penalty. Tommy was sentenced to 18 years for murder and Heather to just 10 for being an accessory wow. to murder. Wow. So maybe they were lucky to do this in Indonesia. Well, Didn't she hit her mother in the face, though? Well, he at trial, he said that he was the one doing it and that she just ran to the bathroom. Okay? But that's mm-hmm. going to get complicated in just a second here. Okay. Um, so, one more thing, though. Indonesian law allows pregnant inmates to give birth and then keep their babies with them until the child turns two. And I was going to ask about this. Yeah. So, I don't know what the rule is in the U.S. or if it's state by state. I'm not sure. Um, or if maximum security versus... I don't think, security versus, I don't think you can... No. Yeah. Well, I uh, think you are allowed to breastfeed, though, if you want. Because I don't think the state, I don't think the state can be like, nope, you don't get to breastfeed your child. I think that that's a choice that you're allowed to make. You're in prison. You're you're a ward of the state. You don't they you don't get to tell them anything that you. I mean, you're in prison. Mm, Yeah, but I don't know. I I would not be shocked if it it was a similar type of scenario in the states, or at least in some states, but. Listeners, oh. let us know. Yeah, if you're a warning, we're too lazy knows. to Google it. Yeah. Um, okay, so Heather gave birth to baby Stella. Um, and then, what if, the, what if she named her Sheila? <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> Sheila. Oh it could buy some more sympathy. Oh my God! All right. So pretty recently, Stella turned. I almost said Sheila. Stella turned two and was removed from Heather's care and fostered by a local expat woman who had befriended Heather once she was already in prison. So she basically got like a fan while she was in jail from this like oh. white woman who lived in Bali. And That's probably oh, best case scenario for her. Yeah, for Heather. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, some a friend of hers who lives nearby took in her child, and I presume they're allowed to come visit and stuff. So mm-hmm. worked out pretty well for her, considering she's in prison. Um, all right. <laughs> P- post-trial, in February 2017, Heather posted a video online, and you can, you can Google this. Um, and 
If you're wondering how a prison inmate can post a video online, a few sources have said that Heather gets all kinds of, like, special treatment in jail and even has, like, a contraband cell phone and posts to Instagram all the time. Jeez. Which is, like, what is her Insta handle, listeners? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so she's still in prison. Us. Could we follow this account now? Yeah, she's like, still this... she's still in prison. I don't know what this was in February 2017 that this video was posted. Wow. Oh my god, we're finding it. I'm I know. Putting that on my literal to do list, like my work to do list. Yeah, Heather Mac Instagram handle. Yeah. All right. So in this video that she posted online, she did a complete 180 from her testimony at trial. And said that she was actually the one who murdered her mother, not Tommy. And that she had blackmailed Tommy into helping her clean up the crime scene after the murder. Um, Oh, my God. And telling him that if he didn't help her, she would blame the whole thing on him. Which is like, she did that anyway. But she let that happen. Yeah, she let that happen. But anyway, she she does this complete 180, and she's like, no, it's all my fault. He's completely innocent. All he did was help me clean it up, and he only did that because I blackmailed him, and he should go free. Okay. Okay? Hello. Um, to me, I mean, I kind of feel like they're both guilty. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. even really care who did the thrashing and who did just the cleanup or if they both were involved in both. I feel like they're both involved in both, probably, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, people are so inseparable at that age, young love. I mean, well, come on. Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, God. Um, so she also had no empathy, no sympathy, nothing for her mother in this video and said, quote, I don't regret killing my mother, and as evil as that may sound, that's my reality. My God. Okay. Well, so, kudos for being honest. Yeah. I guess. So you might wonder what her rage against her mother possibly stemmed from. And yeah. Heather claims that she, quote, discovered just two weeks before the vacation that her father's death, so remember when she was 10 years old, her father died right. of a heart attack while the family right. was on vacation in Greece, okay? Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. So she claimed that she found out that her father's death was not natural and that it was actually a murder by Sheila. Uh, what? See? There was a motive other than trust funds. Yeah. Because no, I think this is bullshit. I think she's lying. Well, I think she's she going to spend a long time in prison. Is she going to get this money? Well, I'll get to that. Okay, I'm almost done. So, she said, quote, in this video still, I found out that she killed my father and I made it up in my heart, in my mind, my soul, in my blood, in the oxygen running through my body that I wanted to kill my mother. I got this whole new savage idea in my head that I wanted to kill her in a hotel room because she killed my father in a hotel room. I don't know, it's just so easy to spin this shit after it's 
after the fact. Right. Also, you know what I mean? Like, there's... she could be saying this is an an added motive. On top of whatever bullshit's going on in her life, I I just think it's crap. But I, that's just me. I think she was already violent. She was already a fucking mm-hmm. pill. Mm-hmm. She, the mm-hmm. cops had been called a million fucking times to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, she there's some text messages between her and Tommy about hiring a hitman. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's fucking bullshit. But anyway, also there's no evidence to support this whole fucking theory, and his death was like officially ruled natural. Right. So, died of a fucking heart attack. Yeah. He's a rich old guy. He died of a heart attack mm-hmm. on vacation. Like, what? Ends it's like fucking literally story. the most boring story of all yeah. time. That's yeah. just like how every rich old guy dies. Right. Devil's advocate, Too much though. caviar. De- yeah. <laughs> Devil's advocate, though. What would she have to gain by this coming out at this point? She's, I mean, this, she would be risking adding time to her sentence more time away from her baby. Like, I don't apart think so. from just I think telling the, opposite. the truth. It's a retaliation, like it's a justifiable mm-hmm. act. I think, I think she, that's what she's I think going she got for. got off pretty easy in the first place, though. I think yeah, so they can't go back and change her sentence. Well, I don't know how it works in Indonesia, and maybe they could go back and change her sentence, but what I think she was trying to do is get a lighter sentence for Tommy and banking on the whole sympathy because she has a young child thing. So I think she was trying to make sure they got out at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know? So they could be together. Right. Um, Okay. This is a fairy tale. Yeah. Truly. Back to the trust fund. Romeo and Juliet. So, uh, Heather was the sole beneficiary of a roughly $1.7 million trust fund. So, her father had a lot of money, but he also had five other children. Um, Mm -hmm. So, that money was kind of spread out. Um, And after the whole trial, Heather's uncle tried to block her access to that trust. But... Mm -hmm. Bitch managed to transfer a, quote, significant percentage of the money into a new trust in her daughter's name just in time. What? So her daughter, and I'm presuming with her as, maybe not her as the guardian, but eventually if she gets out of prison, she could become her daughter's guardian again, Mm -hmm. will have access to... Almost all of that trust fund money. But as we know, nobody but the beneficiary can have access to it. So Yeah. So unless the daughter gifts any of that. Yeah. Depending on how it was set up. If she was after receiving it. If she was desperate enough. She set up the new trust though. So she got her money in a trust. During trial, she was not yet convicted, so there was no reason for her to not have access to her own trust fund money. Mm-hmm. She was 19. I'm, maybe her original trust fund was once she was 18 and the death of her father or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Or death, death of both parents, let's say. Death of her mother and then when she was 18. So two boxes. Death of a salesman. Death of a fucking Arthur <laughs> Miller. Um, <laughs> so... She had her trust fund money, and while it's, like, tied up in the courts, she manages to weasel most of it into a new trust that she writes. So she's the the grantor. grantor. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So she could say, you know, I will be the guardian of this trust until my daughter's 18th birthday or 21st birthday. But there's birthday. the trustee also. So there they has to be a third party. party. Sure. Anyway, she's we, the grantor. She chooses that third party. So anyway, yeah. bitch got mm-hmm. basically she's in prison, but only for 10 years. And she uh, basically got got to keep all this money mm-hmm. in, in a, a way. weird Crazy. backwards way. Okay, so here are some updates on this case. Um, I got this info mainly from The Guardian. Okay, so let's switch it. All right, if you're wondering. So Heather Mack, this is a quote. Heather Mack pleaded guilty in Chicago to conspiring to kill Sheila Von Lees Mack in Bali in 2014 to gain access to a $1.5 million trust fund. Which, like, yes, $1.5 million is a lot of money, but also not enough money to kill someone over don't do it no especially with this girl's taste she would have run through that a lot i mean the saint regis in bali cannot be cheap all right back to the quote her lawyer said later she hoped to avoid a sentence of life behind bars by doing so by pleading guilty okay quote schaefer heather's then boyfriend remains in indonesia where he is serving an 18 year sentence ouch indonesian prison He is charged in the same U.S. indictment. Quote, her then six-year-old daughter was with her when Mac was arrested at the Chicago airport. The girl was later placed with a relative after a custody fight. That is just absolutely tragic. Mac's lawyer said that her child is now her top priority. I hope that is true. It cannot be easy to parent from behind bars. After the hearing, relatives of Weiss Mac, Heather's mother, issued a statement saying they were, quote, very relieved that the mastermind of Sheila's murder admitted her guilt today. So it's it's amazing that she pled guilty. She's behind bars and hopefully uh, her own daughter will have a, a more peaceful upbringing. But I, I am glad that there's some justice for Sheila. And if you're wondering about the trust fund, the money, who got the money, where's it going? Some of the money, uh, it's believed up to $150,000 was approved to cover Heather's legal expenses, which I'm sure is controversial, but until she's actually convicted, I guess she does have the rights to her trust fund. I don't know. I'm not aware. It's believed also or alleged at least that some of it was being used to cover like bribes to Indonesian officials. Uh, which is obviously not kosher. Um, I think the final settlement in 2018 resolved that the remainder of that 1.5 or $1.6 million trust would go to Heather's daughter, which, I mean, personally, I'm fine with because the, the child is innocent in all of this. So Heather did spend some time in Indonesian prison. She claimed, actually, that she was safer there than in Chicago, I'm guessing that she was able to bribe enough people to like have an okay time in prison and maybe knew that that would be more difficult to do in Chicago. I'm not sure. But she was finally released from Indonesian prison um, on October 29th, 2021, and was immediately deported back to the United States. And then as soon as she arrived in the U.S., she was rearrested for conspiracy and obstruction charges. And so she's got a new trial date. This was initially scheduled for July 2023, but 
she preempted this next trial by pleading guilty to one count of conspiring to kill a U.S. national. And that was the plea agreement in June 2023. So under the terms of her plea agreement, she faces a maximum of 28 years in prison. There is possibly going to be a sentencing cap. I think we're still waiting to hear on whether or not the sentencing cap will be approved. But if you just saw the headlines that she was released from Indonesian prison, don't worry. She is going to prison for a long, long time still, but just in the U.S. And I believe Tommy Schaefer is still in prison in Indonesia, which sucks. But you know what, dude? Don't fucking murder people, especially don't murder kindly people for money. That's not a way to live your life. Okay, so those are the updates on Heather Mack. Don't kill people and stuff them into suitcases. Don't do it. And yeah, shall we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Um, so here is a tidbit that literally keeps me awake at night. And that is uh, we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of like microplastics a week. No, I can't deal with that fact. A week. Uh-uh. I have so many credit cards in my body. I Yeah, a lot of, lot of credit cards. And the products that we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply and generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. So a product, a company that we love that we've been using forever, Blue Land, set out to do something about it. They set out to eliminate the need for single-use plastic in the products that we reach for the most. And they've made it so easy it's so amazing yeah it's it's so easy that it makes me wonder why like (laughs) what we've been missing this whole time Mm -hmm. so blue land is on a mission to eliminate single use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and better for the planet so they offer endlessly refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design is instagrammable they're mm-hmm. like these gorgeous pastel bottles they're just they're very clean they're colorful you're gonna want to leave them out so you just fill these gorgeous bottles with water you drop in a tablet of cleaning like concentrate mm-hmm. then you wait for them to dissolve you never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run like the bottom of your target cart is always full of like you know various wipes and sprays and then yeah. the bottles, they're just, they just stack up. We don't like that. Yeah. Blue Land is where it's at. Refills for these start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription to buy them in bulk for additional savings. And like they take up almost no room because it's all so small. Yep. So from cleaning sprays to hand soaps, toilet bowl cleaner, that is my favorite. That toilet bowl cleaner is incredible. Yeah. And it smells so good. Lemony fresh. Yep. They also have laundry tablets. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. So we encourage you to try their Clean Essentials Kit, which has everything you need to get started. So that's three bottles of cleaner plus a bottle of hand soap. Again, these bottles are endlessly reusable. They come in beautiful light scents such as Iris Agave. Hi. Fresh Lemon. Yes. And Eucalyptus Mint. Please. And... Blue Land has an offer just for our listeners. You can get 15% off your first purchase of any product. You're going to want to try this. We are huge fans. Uh, get on amazing. our get on our level. Do it. 
So to get 15% off your first order, go to blueland.com slash gals. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash gals. One more time, that's blueland.com slash gals. And treat your sustainable cleaning. Treat it. There is nothing quite like the smell of fresh baked bread coming out of the oven. But if you're like me, you are never going to have your life together enough to (laughs) make bread from scratch. I would not survive the apocalypse. But what if I told you that you could get all of the delicious, fresh baked, yummy bread with none of the time and work involved? Hi, you can with Wild Grain. Oh, Wild Grain. It is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Also, Mm. cookies, people. Mm. Unlike typical supermarket bread, Wild Grain uses a slow fermentation process that's easier on your belly, lower in sugar, and rich in nutrients and antioxidants. And let me tell you, it tastes noticeably better. Yep. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. It's not going to take up your whole day. You don't need to, like, let anything rise. Mm-hmm. This couldn't be easier. You'll never run the risk of getting bored with Wild Grain either. They are constantly adding new seasonal and limited time special items to try. I love their pastas, personally. Yes, they're so good. They are so dang good. They taste like restaurant fresh pasta yep. grade. They're so they're so 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 good. Mm-hmm. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank, so you can eat good and do good all at the same time. All you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash gals and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. Don't skimp on the how often. You're going to want it often. Yep. But uh, if you do not schedule it for often enough and realize your mistake later, it is so easy to reschedule to skip it or to cancel it if you want to. But Mm -hmm. trust us, this is... You won't want to. You're not going to want to. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box. Plus, free croissants in every box Uh, when you go to wildgrain.com forward slash gals to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash gals. One more time, that's wildgrain.com slash gals. Or you can just use our promo code gals at checkout and treat your bread. Treat it. Remember that scene in Clueless when Cher has like that, clo- that like digital closet she yes. just scrolls through, yes. matches things up. The computer tells her what matches and what doesn't match. Yes. Well, that's real because oh, and accessible and accessible, and you need this in your life. Mm-hmm. It's like having a personal stylist with Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix is seriously the best and the best way to shop new styles and brands. Like you think of them as your style partner. You have a personal stylist who learns about your taste and collaborates with you on looks that you'll love without breaking the bank. You simply share your style, your sizes, your budget. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't trust myself, but I can trust someone else to only curate things that I can afford for (laughs) me. I You take a quick style quiz to determine all of these factors and Stitch Fix sends you five items in a fix right to your door. With your choices in mind and sizes from extra small to 3XL, they find your perfect fit 
I have found so many pairs of jeans. And as anyone who's seen me knows, my body is like a beautiful Frankenstein's monster of parts. Tiny waist, enormous booty. Jeans have been the bane of my existence yes. for years. The jeans are so impressive. And I also, can't believe it. They have maternity clothes. I they do. Say. Love it. And then you try on everything at home. So no more like sweating and fighting for your life in a dressing room with terrible lighting with a line out the, the door stressing you out. You keep what you like. You send back the rest. Shipping and returns are always free. They include like a bag that's already labeled. You just pop it in the bag, send it back. They have over a thousand brands and styles. So no matter what season of life you're in, Stitch Fix has you covered. Simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it, which is what I do. There's regular fixes that are sent to your door. You're just in control of the whole thing. And over time, Stitch Fix and their seasoned style experts will match you with greater precision to the perfect pieces for you based on your likes and dislikes. It is so easy. I'm obsessed with it. I basically haven't shopped in a store in like a year and a half. (laughs) There's no need to. Why would I? Why would you? So thanks, Stitch Fix. They just get us and they will get you too. Try today at stitchfix.com slash gals and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash gals. One more time, stitchfix.com forward slash gals and treat your wardrobe. Treat it. Y'all, there has been so much chatter about our girl Gypsy Rose Blanchard being released from prison. So today we're going to be re-examining the case of Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard from episode six, Munchausen Syndrome. An episode from long, long in the way, way back machine. And, you know, this case kind of had everything. It had love. It had cosplay. It had the yearning for freedom and some teenage angst. But it also had a lot of abuse and trauma and tragedy. And let's just go back and take a look at it from before we had any updates. And then we can come back and celebrate what these updates are. Stay tuned for the case update that you probably all already know about if you have TikTok or just access to the internet. (laughs) I'm almost upset with myself over how drunk I have become. (laughs) Because this case... You can't talk about Munchausen's by proxy without talking about Gypsy Rose and <gasps> Dee Dee Planchard. Yeah, yeah. was uh-huh. following this shit every day. Yeah. Oh, oh it's my god, so fucking good. Okay, so Gypsy Rose Blanchard, she's considered to be, or was considered to be, like an inspirational little girl. She was taken Ugh. care of around the clock by her single mother, Dee Dee, mm. because she was bound to a wheelchair, allegedly Dee Dee, fighting. Dee Dee <clears throat> does look like Mama June. Oh, yeah. 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 There's pics, and the pics are (laughs) so sad. Yeah. And spectacular. (laughs) Um, She was allegedly fighting a litany of conditions, including leukemia, muscular dystrophy, seizures, hair loss, loss of her teeth, chromosomal defects, epilepsy, Mm. severe asthma, sleep apnea, and eye problems. To name a few. Oh, my God. Loss of yeah. teeth? <laughs> Loss of teeth. W- that will, we'll talk about okay. that. Okay. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, her things photos kinda, make her look like she's 95 years old. Yeah. Yeah, or like 11. She's That ben- weird she's gray Benjamin area where like a buttoning. baby looks like an old man. Yes. Yeah. Benjamin She's Button. totally Benjamin Buttoning <clears throat> by proxy. <laughs> According to her mother, Dee Dee, she had always been sick. 
D-Day. Vitamins. D-Day. D-Day God, God bless the vitamins. <laughs> According to her mother, Dee it had always been this way. Ever since Gypsy was a baby, she had spent time in neonatal intensive care. She had leukemia as a toddler, blah, blah, blah. So no one really had heard about this person. They had kept to themselves with, like, their weird Munchausen's bullshit going on behind closed doors. But in 2005, the family was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. Mm. And their story captured people's hearts and attention because they had, like, been interviewed by local news and were sort of popping up on television. Okay. And at that point, Habitat for Humanity even built them a brand new and accessible home with ramps and other details to accommodate Gypsy's needs. Damn. So they had, like gotten a lot of shit. Donations continued to come in to support the Blanchards. They went on charity trips to Disney World. Mm. Um, it's always fucking Disney World. If I were dying, I I'd be like, send me fucking anywhere but Disney World. Right. Like, send as me to where they make possible. Jameson. Who, who wants that? I don't, I don't get know. it. But children, children. Okay. I guess if she's 11. Make a wish is not for 30-somethings that are dying <laughs> and want, like, a lot of booze before they go. I went when I was 13, and it was fucking awful. The Lack whole place luster. smells like farts. <laughs> Everything well, smells like farts. Well, Disney princesses hold a lot of gas under those big skirts, so <laughs> yeah. you gotta let it out it's somewhere. It's a ton of ventilation. So, this is one part that I love. Um, Gypsy Blanchard even got to meet Miranda Lambert through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Amazing. Like, <laughs> aim bigger than, like, some weird Disney singer. Yep. Anyway, so this Jesus. has been this has been Gypsy's entire life. Like, this is so all it, she fucking knows. And her did name they is Gypsy. Fake, mm-hmm. Did they fake Hurricane Katrina? <laughs> <laughs> I I, I just spit wine into my hand, <laughs> wiping that off. No, I mean I feel Hurricane like Katrina I feel like it was went from, real, as was the moon landing. It went for from regular old Munchausens to like Munchausen slash malingering because they're getting all this free shit, but they wouldn't have if it weren't for the hurricane. No, and this is going to sound so fucked up and insensitive, but it's like they were almost lucky that they got displaced by Katrina because it launched them into this like weird fame where they mm-hmm. could start reaping the benefits of yeah. Gypsy's illness. It's also right just place, super right fucked time. up. It's also just so fucked up because they're taking away significant resources from yep. people, people who, who are, are actually, actually sick. needy. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's completely fucked. Well, I know they weren't actually displaced by the hurricane, but they were, but yeah. I feel like other people they were, were displaced because they weren't fucking Munchausen monsters. Go sure. On. I mean, how many people with, you know, special needs may have been displaced by Hurricane Katrina and yeah. resources went to someone who happened to be interviewed and happened to get kind of famous. And white. For shit that was, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For shit that wasn't they're even happening white. to them. Like, yep. fuck that. Spoiler, anyway. they're white. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is Gypsy's life. This is all she knows. She she even believes she's sick. So Gypsy meets a boy, eventually, Nicholas Godijon, on mm. a Christian dating website and develops Oof. a relationship with him. Oofta. The two okay. fall in love. She wants to be with him, but knows that would never be possible under the thumb of her mother. She's how old at this point? That's funny that you should mention that, because Dee Dee doesn't know, or sorry, Gypsy doesn't know how old she is. 
Oh my god. She doesn't know how old herself is. She herself is not sure how old she is. Dee Dee has been giving her like false information. There's this weird conversation that like Dee Dee had with Gypsy's birth father on the phone when he called her for like her 18th birthday that was like Gypsy thinks she's 14. Don't blow it for her. You need to pretend she's only 14. Oh my god. Yeah, it goes so fucking deep. So she's been keeping her looking sick, looking super young, so that as she bounces from, like, doctor to doctor and town to town, yeah, she can say she's younger and younger and get away with all this weird shit. It it all comes out. so fucked up. It's so fucked up. And maintain control over her, because if she moves out, she's not going to have If she knows she's 18, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's all super fucked. So... So Gypsy and Nick fall in love. Gypsy knows she can never be with him because of her mom. And knowing that their relationship would bring their financial fraud crumbling down, Dee Dee forbids Gypsy from ever leaving her side and especially would not allow her to continue the relationship with Nick. Mm. So for years, Mm -hmm. Gypsy and Nick are like communicating through fake Facebook profiles and planning on how to kill Dee Dee so that the two could be together. Not so Gypsy knows. Gypsy is starting to get wise to her situation because there have been a couple times where, like, there's this weird situation where her mom brought her to, like, a, a, um, what's it called? Star Wars, like, sci-fi meetup. And she was talking to some guy and, like, getting friendly with him and Dee Dee fucking flipped the fuck out and was like, you can't talk to this person. You can't, like, be talking to boys. Like, Gypsy's starting to get a little defiant and is like, my mom is controlling my whole fucking life. What do I do? Yeah. As any 18-year-old who thinks that she's 13 would do. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's kind of the natural progression. hormone combination with mindfuck. Right. That is happening right now. Like, I'm thinking about the fights that I had with my mom between 14 and 18. Same. Yeah. Epic. All normal shit. But, like, I can't even imagine under this kind of psychological and physical abuse. Yeah. In conjunction with leukemia and Mm -hmm. tooth loss and That she didn't actually have. But anyway. Eye problems. So, Gypsy and Nick's love must have been true because it didn't take much for her to convince her boyfriend to come to Missouri and murder her mother. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wait. So, Nicholas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Was Yum. was Gypsy sort of catfishing Nick because bitch no. has no teeth. I know, but like <laughs> you'll learn you'll learn about Nick. Okay. You'll learn about Nick. But they they were honest with each other from the start. That's a good fucking point though. They right. both had their issues. Okay. Nick is not exactly all there. Okay. And yeah. this will come to fruition, I promise. Okay. So <laughs> Nick does come to Missouri and comes to her house. And while Gypsy stayed in another room, Nicholas stabbed Dee Dee and later mailed the knife to himself in Wisconsin. Because, of course, he's fucking from Wisconsin. Sorry about it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Russia and Wisconsin. Every single episode. I know. He mailed the knife to himself so that he wouldn't get caught. Like, I got to get rid of the evidence. I'm going to mail it to myself in Wisconsin. There are That's not the worst idea, though. There are lakes. There are random uh, patches so of So many grass. places you could have put that knife. Yeah. So There's many like, places. Especially Don't in Missouri. Don't pop it in the Including mail. Including the fucking dishwasher. No, but I there's mean, luminol, anywhere. But still. 
So the two steal $4,400 from the family safe and take a bus out of town. And considering Gypsy had only ever been seen in a wheelchair literally her entire life, the two of them were able to get away kind of easily because, like, no one in the neighborhood would be looking for someone who's on their own two feet. So she, she, can, I mean? she can walk. She knows that she oh, can yeah. walk. Okay. She can all fully fucking fake. walk. All of it is fake. We'll get to that. So, on June 14th, 2015, Dee Dee Blanchard is found stabbed to death in her bedroom, and the allegedly disabled gypsy is nowhere to be found. Mm. Okay? An ominous post on the Facebook ap- account shared by both the mother and daughter, so both Dee Dee and Gypsy use this account, mm. had a status update saying, quote, that bitch is dead. Mm. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they went they went deep. So friends and okay. family first assumed that the page had been hacked, or that the two were like discussing their reactions to a movie they were watching or something, mm-hmm. whatever. The page when has suddenly, never been hacked. Right. But a follow-up comment appears on the thread, so like on the thread for that status, saying, and God, the spelling mistakes are yeah. The most offensive part, but... But she was homeschooled <laughs> by this crazy, crazy uh, DD, so... Yeah, she was. Anyway, they, there's a, a little update that says, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, LOL. Okay, so they're trying to stage it like it's a rando. Yep, they are literally trying to make it look like a murder kidnapping. Okay. Who okay. took the time to post on, on their, their Facebook? Facebook page. I mean, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. Their heads are not. I think that not... should be a whole new episode of people like killers that post on Facebook because it's a yeah, because there's a lot of them. Yeah, especially with Facebook Live, like suicides and murders. Ooh. It's crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. So friends are trying desperately to reach this family because they know something's wrong, and when they couldn't reach them, police enter the home to find Dee Dee's dead body. And a national search begins with the hope of finding Gypsy. Okay. Who everyone still thinks is, is handicapped. Mortally yep. handicapped. Okay. Exactly. So a few days later, Gypsy is found completely unharmed in Wisconsin. Many people had been fearing that the sickly and disabled Gypsy was going to have irreversible damage from missing her treatments and her medication mm. from this kidnapping and yada yada. Actually, so she's just are, like taking a tap dancing class. Yeah, for real. Like feeling great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People are freaking the fuck out. At the but, bar. But it, it's discovered pretty quickly that Gypsy Rose Blanchard was not paralyzed or suffering from any of the numerous diseases that her mother had claimed to ail her. Mm. So, investigators discovered a severe case of what is known as Munchausen by Proxy Syndrome. And Yay. for most of her entire <laughs> life, Shut Gypsy's up. mother... Shout out to Munchausen's. For most of her entire life, Gypsy's mother had been forcing her to take seizure seizure medication until her teeth fell out. So one of the, like, side effects of these meds is that her teeth fell out. So they actually fell out. They fell the fuck out. Her teeth fell the fuck out. Um, Uh, Like, all of her teeth? Almost all of her teeth. It's real sad. Dee Dee kept Gypsy's head shaved to appear as though she had lost her hair from cancer treatment. And, like, tells her that she had lost her hair from cancer treatment. 
um, confined Did she her forget that she had her fucking head shaved? Like I mean, on the no, no, no. Gypsy knew she had her head shaved, but her mom's like giving her pills every day and is shaving her head, being like, "Well, your hair is gonna fall out anyway. We're just gonna get ahead of it." Oh, okay. Oh so ah. she hasn't really. She's just. I mean, this is all she's ever known. So if yeah. your mother raises you thinking you're sick, yeah, and right. has taken you to a million doctors, how the, what the fuck are you supposed to think? Yep. Right. My mother she raised has me to con- think that I needed bangs. Right. <laughs> Big no-no. She confined her perfectly able-bodied daughter to a wheelchair. So, like, she had some, what is it, like, dystrophy or whatever mm-hmm. of her legs. Mm-hmm. But, like, she could still move. A- atrophy. Atrophy. Mm-hmm. Atrophy of her legs. Mm-hmm. So, almost every photo available of Gypsy shows her in hospital beds, in her wheelchair, appearing super ill. Um, Dee Dee forced her daughter to play sick in an attempt to get attention, and eventually money from kind people and charity organizations. Um, neither Gypsy nor investigators could pin down her exact age. Dee Dee had always kept her dressed and looking young, acting childlike, emotionally stunted. Um, she was suspected to only have received the equivalent of a second grade education. Ugh. I know. It's so sad. And when she was picked up in Wisconsin, she was estimated to be between the ages of 19 and 22. Although Dee Dee had always presented her to the public as much younger, like 13 or 14. So they don't, they still don't know how old she actually is. They do because her biological father was able to provide her birth certificate. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. What the fuck? Um, Which, which we'll get to. But um, Gypsy speaks with like a terrifying high pitched voice. Mm. And I'm not going to provide a sound clip because I, I, because it's creepy, but like go watch some interviews with Gypsy Rose. Mm. And and we'll we'll link to them on the blog. Yeah. yeah, and fucking tell me that this poor girl was not abused cuz like you can't. I mean, she has been abused her entire life. Ugh, the high pitched voice so thing just ugh, it's me out. So creepy. So Gypsy yeah. is has now been charged with second degree murder. She was charged in 2016. She did plead guilty. Um so she never faced trial by jury or anything like that. And she's been sentenced to 10 years in prison because the uh, prosecution actually took into account the 20 years of abuse inflicted Mm. by her mother. Mm. And um, they offered her the most lenient possible sentence. And there are a bunch of interviews with Gypsy that are like, I'm actually really appreciating this time in prison. Like, I'm getting healthy. I'm getting an education. Yeah. I'm starting to learn what I want to do with my life. Like, I'm in a safe environment. So that's yeah. preferable to the life that she's yes, been living. Absolutely. She's like, so she's like, I'm not bummed I that I'm spending 10 years in prison. She's going to be up for parole and she's going to get out earlier, but still. Yeah. How, how long has she been in prison and when is she expected to get out? She was sentenced in 2016. Oh, okay. So, so she probably will probably like have a parole hearing. Yep, yeah, she'll probably have a parole hearing in about five years. Yeah. Jesus. Or at least be eligible in about five years. Is she still dating that guy? <laughs> uh, I believe so. So now that's wow. a good question because we're going to talk about Nicholas Godejohn. Because he actually did he, the stabbing. He did. And he was yeah. charged with first degree murder. But his sentence has been indefinitely postponed. It was, it was postponed in October of 2016. And I have not been able to find any kind of update on the continuation of his trial. Huh. So in theory, that means it's still postponed. Um, they enlisted the help of a psychologist, Kent Franks, of Springfield, wherever. 
um, and this guy because there's <laughs> literally a Springfield, Springfield in, in every, every state, state in America. Springfield, yeah, so, Springfield somewhere. The Simpsons one. Yeah. <laughs> so he told Circuit Judge Calvin Holden at a hearing in November that he did two mental evaluations of Go to John at the Greene County Jail, and he said the murder suspect thought that he was doing the right thing when he killed Dee Dee Blanchard because he mm. wanted to rescue Gypsy from her mother. Mm. Um, Franks also says that Go to John is on the autism spectrum and spent most of his time on the internet and playing video games, so he really wasn't like interacting In touch with, with people. reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. He kind of separated why himself. He fell for a toothless thirteen-year-old. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Are they going to charge yeah. him with statutory relationship? No. Or? <laughs> no. Ooh, good question. <laughs> no, she was. Oh, she was of age, so she good. They Gucci. But he didn't know that, and doesn't she matter. didn't know that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it matters, but in this situation, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I would push for that. Um, this psychologist also described the murder suspect as more like a child than an adult. Mm. Said his IQ is 82, and he functions at the level of a 10- or 11-year-old person. Oof. What's a normal mm. IQ? I don't know, like 120 I think Ish. I think seventy is like severely mentally ill. Yeah. Or like severely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if normal is like one twenty, what would be like five? Like no, brain dead. dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Infant. A, a goldfish cracker. Yeah. yeah a goldfish. <laughs> period. So can you get to like a two hundred? I'll just Google this later. Yeah, Yeah, why don't you just fucking find out? But the (laughs) psychologist's findings could result in Go to John being found guilty of a lesser charge than first-degree murder, but I'm not sure what charge that would be at this point. Mm. Um, He did waive his right to a trial by jury, so all of these proceedings are to narrow down charges and carry out sentencing. And there, (laughs) again, there have been no updates at this point. I think they're still... Like, this process takes for fucking ever. I think they're still postponed. Yeah. So I don't know. Probably um, also because it's such a gray area case. Like you could really go swing one way or another. Mm-hmm. They're probably just trying to figure it out mm-hmm. that way. Well, and they so, probably tried. They tried Gypsy first and determined all did. of that, and then started the process with him because his trial would depend on the outcome of her trial. Right. If it was justifiable, it would be possibly justifiable Correct. for both cases and and gypsy didn't lie about fucking anything she was upfront about like yeah i told him to come here and help me kill my mother like yeah. she didn't fuck around with it and so the it killing actually, was her idea the killing was her idea she she okay. convinced nick to come and and assist her mm. which probably i probably because she was in like i mean again i i haven't gotten any confirmation on this but like if you've thought you were sick your whole life and then start to get inklings that your mom is controlling you, but, like, you don't know if you're not sick, but, like, you know your mom's fucked up, mm. I'd probably ask for help in that area, too. Yeah, like, how do sure. I know that I'm going to be able to carry this out and that my mom's not just going to kill me? I actually yeah. don't blame her at all. Neither do I. She so is a survivor of abuse. She yeah. killed her abuser, period. Right. That's how I feel about it. And that's actually how the court feels about it, which is why she was sentenced to the minimum that she could get. Because right. she should have gone to the police and let them handle it, but like she could have died. How long would it of a process would it have been? 
Yeah. For them to sort this out. Like, she fucking was a survivor. Yeah. And she's and crushing logically, it. What, what could she have done? Gone to the police and said, my mom's lying about the... Right. Like, how does she even, how does she even get to the police? Her mom controls, like, her phone usage. She can only use the internet in the middle of the night when her mom was asleep. Like, her mom controlled everything about her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I she wonder, probably felt so, that she couldn't go to the police because these secretive conversations were the only things saving her. Yeah. He was her only advocate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really. There's a, there's a condition called like battered spouse syndrome, or some people say battered wife syndrome, but it's it's mm-hmm. better to say like battered battered partner, I guess, syndrome. Right. For people who suffer from domestic violence and then kill their abuser, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's something like that for children who have suffered child abuse, including Munchausen oh, yeah. by proxy. Yeah. I mean, there has to be because. Uh, again, I, I don't condone. Thing. I yeah. don't condone the murder of anyone, but like, fucking do what you have to do to survive. Mm, like, if I right. have to fucking kill you to get out from under your thumb, mm. serve my ten plus, you know, around ten years in prison, and then get to be free of you. I'm sorry, that's worth it. If you've been abusing me for fucking twenty plus years, yeah, I'll do my it's time. Causing especially those conditions. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, this woman could have killed her child. Yeah, so easily. She yeah. probably would have. Mm-hmm. Had this were had this continued, I guarantee you. Yeah, Gypsy would be dead, and Dee Dee would be some sort of martyred fucking victim, where everybody felt bad for her that her yeah. child didn't make it. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it says enough bullshit. that her conditions in prison are far and away better than her conditions not in prison. How sad is that? That yeah. that Gypsy is like thriving behind bars yep. away from her mother. I mean, that says it all. Um, and I just want to interview that girl. Gypsy, if you're listening, mm-hmm. I would, I would have, love to have a honestly, convo. Honestly, I seriously, when I was doing my research, was like, I want to write this person a letter and, like, tell her that while I don't, again, don't condone murder, like, I admire her perseverance because I can't mm. even fucking imagine what she's been through and how she's trying to, like, take control of her own life and move forward is super fucking inspiring, in my mm. opinion. Mm-hmm. I and like her. Just because a lot of people, I think, will be curious. So, Gypsy's dad. Yeah, his name I was is Rod. ask about that. Yeah, Rod. so... Rod. Rod and Dee Dee's relationship is kind of fucking weird. Like... Dee Dee was in her mid-twenties, and Rod was, like, 16 when they were together. Oh. And, yeah. I mean, it's like Louisiana. Let's not be too judgmental. But, um, they get, she gets pregnant, and he thinks, you know, the only thing that is admirable to do is to marry this person. And they have Gypsy, and Dee Dee immediately, like, from the moment she's born... She spent a little bit of time in, like, the NICU, and then it just escalates from there. Yeah. Like, and, and babies, let's be clear, babies can spend time in the NICU for any multitude of reasons. If they're born a little early, yeah. if they're, uh, like, like it's, Gypsy was born with a little a bit of jaundice. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gypsy was born with, like, a little bit of jaundice, and so the, she spent some time in the NICU to recover, and then immediately went home. And Dee Dee so just, this like, got off on it. Exactly. It continued to escalate from the moment this poor baby was born. And Rod is like this young guy, (coughs) excuse me, 
who's just doing the right thing by his woman, by marrying her and helping raise his child, he doesn't fucking know any better. He has no reason to believe that Dee Dee's lying about yeah. his child's condition. And even after they divorce, you know, Dee Dee starts to try and sort of poison the well and, like, say that Rod abandoned their family and, like, did all this jacked up shit, but he didn't. He she was just a good man. more sympathy. Exactly. He spent, he paid her, like, thousands of dollars in child support a month even after Gypsy had turned 18 because he was like, well, she has all of these conditions. Yeah. Yeah, she's 18, but, like, my ex-wife is still paying to be her primary caregiver. I'm not going to stop giving money because I need to help support her. And Gypsy would come and visit Rod, and she does have two half-siblings, and um, her stepmom, like, Kristen or Christy or something, I'm not remembering the name, and they were super sweet to her, and they got along really well with her, but again, Rod assumed that she was sick, because that's all he ever knew, so when she'd visit with them, he would still administer her medication, Mm. she'd show up in her wheelchair, like... Yeah. He continued that this without so realizing. It's so fucked up. It and just it, goes to show how far the manipulation mm-hmm. reaches from yeah. someone who has this syndrome. It well, envelops everyone. And yeah. I think the saddest moment that I read about is that the first time he ever saw his child walk was on a news clip that he saw of police apprehending her oh, in Wisconsin no. walking. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he Ugh. he discovered that she wasn't sick by seeing her being arrested in Wisconsin on her own two feet. Oh, Can you even imagine? the murder of his ex-wife. Of his ex-wife. Can you or, even fucking imagine how overwhelming all of the emotions of that would be? To have to come to terms with the fact that your ex-wife had been harming your child for all these years and that you had assisted her without knowing that you were doing it. Yeah. That your ex-wife was dead, your ex-wife who you still respected and cared for. That your daughter is capable of murder. Yeah, that your daughter's capable of murder, that your daughter's not sick. Like, I I mean, I can't even wrap my head around what that would feel like. It's just insane. You wouldn't be able to trust, like, anything ever again. Anyone. Ugh, it's so sad. But they've they've kept very much in touch, like with her. They visited with her in jail. They're being very supportive. Mm. Sounds like Rod is like a really good guy, and he mm. got the short end of the stick in this whole situation. Yeah. So, but, just something to bring up and spotlight here. So, we have two cases that are we have very different opinions about. I'm yeah. wondering if our conclusions stem from the fact that. Kenyon's case, there's no proving one way or another. Sure. And, like, there have been books published, but there's really no conclusion there. But then Gypsy and Dee Dee's case... It's very clear. Maybe we have more of a conclusion because Dee Dee's fucking dead. Yep. Yeah, so we like, only have one Like, there was a significant ending to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, just think about uh, our variations in our conclusions about this mm-hmm. and how much area exists in between. So our girl Gypsy, uh, quote, Blanchard, 32, was released from the Chillicothe Correctional Center at 3.30 a.m. on December 28th, 2023. She had been serving a 10-year sentence for the June 2015 slaying of her mother. 3.30 a.m. just feels like kind of mean. I, why? What a weird choice. I don't know. Quote, she was granted parole and released three years before her original release date. Uh, according to a spokesperson, Blanchard said she regrets her mother's death. 
Quote, nobody will ever hear me say I'm glad she's dead or I'm proud of what I did. I regret it every single day, she told People Magazine in an interview for an upcoming cover story. Quote, she didn't deserve that, Blanchard added. Quote, she was a sick woman, and unfortunately, I wasn't educated enough to see that. She deserved to be where I am, sitting in prison, doing time for criminal behavior. I think that this is such a profound moment for her, and to even be able to look back with that much grace for herself and the situation she was in um, is kind of amazing. And I truly wish her all the best in whatever life brings her next. So enjoy your freedom, Gypsy, and we are rooting for you. And just a reminder, you can send us any case updates that you come across at the contact page of our website, whiningcrimepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and uh, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Our production manager is Andrea Gardner. For photos and sources, check out our blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can follow us on all the socials at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, and get access to all sorts of wine-fueled bonus content, visit our Patreon page. Cheers! Cheers.